0: welcome to the leadership void podcast enrique and vince here and we're all about helping you develop and fill the areas of void in your leadership let's get started welcome back everybody to another episode of the leadership void podcast i'm enrique with my co-host vince to bring you the best in our veteran military Military Spouse and First Responder Community, and Vince will introduce
1: today's guest. Oh, absolutely. I'm super excited today. We have Chief Sergeant Jason Barnshaw. He's all the way from Eglin Air Force Base here in Florida. Guess what? We're celebrating the Air Force 75th birthday. So, Jason, thank you for being on the show. Let's start off. Tell us about you. Well, first off, happy birthday, Big Blue, right?
2: 75 is, is, is a great accomplishment, but I'm going to be honest, we're only getting started. This is only the beginning. So 75, uh, yet we need to celebrate it, but we need to understand that we got we got a good 75, 150, 250 left in us. So uh, first off, it is an absolute honor to be here with both of you today. Thank you so much. Extremely humbled and honored to be here. Uh, tell you a little bit about myself, it's really easy. Uh, Cliff Notes version, I am a man of faith. I am a father, a husband, and a son. Those are Those are my proudest accomplishments. I love putting this uniform on. Uh, however, those are the, those are top of the list for me. Uh, my wife, who also currently serves, uh, just took her diamond off. She was the first sergeant. Together we have four amazing children. The run of the uh, the run uh, the joke of the house is, is that I only like one of them. and depending on the day, we'll determine which one I like. Uh, but yeah, that's great, uh, great family environment. I got two two of my uh, boys, the oldest boys, they're off at of college right now playing lacrosse. I got one up in North Carolina. And one down in Palm Beach, Atlantic, Florida, about forty-five minutes away from Miami. So he's living a tough life right now, um, but yeah, wife and I are finishing up our MBAs in organizational leadership. Uh, we give back to the community. That's a passion of ours, and I'm honestly serving. Uh, selfless service is, is really what sums up, uh, what fulfills us as a family as a whole, including the kids. So. Yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Super Cliff Notes version. But uh, yeah, love what I do. Love life. I smile every day, even when it gets rough, uh, because it is a blessing to to wake up every morning and get to do what we
0: get to do. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned service and that is pivotal to right to our uh, longevity and our, you know, being able to execute at a leadership level and undoubtedly throughout your uh, career, not your 75, right? That's the Air Force. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But your career, uh, you've learned some leadership uh, uh, tips and and guidance uh, and you've had your own pivotal moments. So what pivotal leadership moments did you learn the most from in your journey as uh, in the service?
2: All right. So we're we're going to have to turn the clock back on this one. Right. For, for the folks that will get this reference, we'll hop in the DeLorean and we're going to go back in time a little bit. To 2004. Uh, 2004, at that time, I was Staff Sergeant Barnshaw, and and my ex wife, uh, uh, you know, wife at the time, were stationed in uh, RAF Mildenhall in England. And I had probably the roughest, uh, most turbulent six to eight months of my career. Um, I made a very poor decision. Uh, Actions have consequences. I had to be held accountable for a decision I made and Staff Sergeant Barnshaw quickly became Airman Barnshaw. I got an Article 15. I got some non-judicial punishment. So that that kicked off and that happened. Fast forward uh, maybe a month or so. I, I get divorced from my wife. We decide that my two boys, which were the only two that we had at the time, were going to be sent back to the states. So my pride and joy, the things that that kept me going in life were thousands of miles away. And it was at that point in time, I was at the the lowest of lows. I couldn't get any lower in my life at that point. Or so I thought. Being stationed in England, there's obviously a time difference. And I get one of those phone calls in the middle of the night that nobody ever wants to receive. And it was my mother on the other line. And she was extremely frantic. And I couldn't make out what she was saying. And then finally, it came clear. She said, Jason, your grandmother's dead. And I'm going to be honest with you, my initial thoughts were grandmother, kind of old, makes sense. But then she dropped the bombshell on me. She said, Jason, no, you don't understand. Your grandmother was murdered. She was beaten to death with a hammer. And I just, I lost everything. Like, Like, I became so just numb to life in general. And, you know, I flew back home. I tried to take care of the family the best that I could. We don't come from a lot of money. Um, you know, we scraped things together just to, to bury my grandmother, my cousin and I couldn't, you know, uh, afford to, to clean up the aftermath. So we had to clean it up ourselves. And then as quickly as I got there, I had to go back to the same kind of crappy environment and situation that I created for myself. Um, and it was just the lowest of lows. When I tell you, I unplugged from life, I unplugged from life. You fast forward a few months and I get orders. I get orders to Seymour Johnson, North Carolina. Shady J is, as we like to call it. And the funny thing about non-judicial punishment and receiving an Article 15 is that paperwork travels with you. And not only does it travel with you, it usually gets there before you do. It. So, here is my paperwork sitting on a sitting on a table with my new team of leadership at Seymour Johnson talking about Who is going to take this this young airman who is damaged goods? And honestly, nobody wanted me. To be, if I'm being completely transparent, I don't even know if I would have wanted me at that point in my career. So they're having this debate and literally nobody wants me until one man walked into that meeting late. And I didn't even know he walked in late until years later. And he simply uttered one phrase, I'll take him. And that's what he did. He took me on and he gave me everything I needed to fix me. He didn't fix Airman Barnshaw. He didn't fix Sergeant Barnshaw. He helped fix me. He listened. He encouraged. He supported. Uh, When my father passed away, he filled in that kind of role for me. He gave me everything I needed to become whole again. He put his boot in my tail end when I needed that. (laughs) He, He literally lined me up to understand that I am worthy, I do have value. Yes, I hit some bumps in the road, but that doesn't mean that I should be forsaken and pushed aside. He showed me what true, genuine leadership was really all about. Uh, and He liked to call it GAS. Everybody in the military likes acronyms, so here, GAS, G-A-S, give A and I'll let you fill in the blank. And that's what he did for me. He just cared. And ever since that time, I have made it my mission to one make him proud and two pay it forward that was the the biggest most impactful leadership moment that I've had in my career
1: wow jason that that was incredible from the totality of being so low and rising to where you are today as a chief master sergeant in the air force it shows your character, your living experience of of learning and playing it forward. Service before self as an Air Force Corps value second, right? So great, great story. Love what you said. Um, is this the gentleman you would like to talk about, or is there somebody else that was instrumental that impact you while you served in the military? So yes, this, this is the gentleman that I'm going to deep dive into.
2: However, I would be remiss if I didn't say that there has been countless people that have impacted, influenced, inspired me to become what I am today, Um, you know, that every single airman that has ever been under my charge, uh, retired senior master sergeant Shane uh, Hagemeyer, my ALS cadre from my time as a commandant, uh, I could be forgetting hundreds and thousands of names, so please, you know, charge it to my head, not my heart. I understand that it, it, it took an entire village, uh, to be honest with you, an entire Air Force, to get me to where I am today. Uh, but yes, Mr. Byron Ash, uh, for me, is the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, he is a retired senior master sergeant, GS-12 civilian, civilian airman, that walked into that meeting late and said that I'll take him. And he, he was it. And all of these people that have invested into me, I can honestly say would have never had an opportunity to do that if he did not take that first courageous step to take me on. Um, and when I tell you, I love this man, like I love this man. Uh, he is, he, he was at my wedding. Uh, he, he was the first person I called when, when I found out I made chief out, outside of my wife, cause I didn't want to get in trouble at home. <laughs> um, he will be, uh, so I, I, I have hit the button. I am due to retire here in about, Eight or nine months, he he will be front row at my retirement because I consider him family. Uh, I I strive to be the leader that he was for me, and I really pray that every single airman, guardian, soldier, marine has an opportunity to be impacted by a leader like him.
0: You know, I'm listening and just uh just thinking, what a beautiful redemption story based on the ability to lead without judgment yes right uh and and you know that that uh, man that means so much to you uh through this podcast and this episode is now inspiring others right to to do the same uh, as you have uh, ventured to do throughout your career so Oh uh, well done, well done. Because you know there are not that many stories that start that start out. Well, there was an article fifteen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. and and you and and uh, to to be able to overcome, because there was a leader that was willing to step outside of themselves and invest in their that person, right? And a lot of times in leadership, we we miss that point. Yes, there is position, but there are and there are ranks. But there is a person ahead of all that and and he addressed that person and and so good on him and good on you are uh, we're talking about you know uh the the service seventy five years a great service right? Hey, you even had a baby there's <laughs> <laughs> it's called the space force yeah and, and right yeah so so hey that's that's a that's a thing to chalk on there no other service has had a baby I tell no. you that right so uh, well, we're talking about, you know, uh, what's currently happen, uh, happening in the celebration of 75 years, uh, what's happened in the development of a, of another force, uh, which is wonderful uh, that we've uh, ventured that way. So what are your thoughts after serving so long, knowing the history around uh, what's happened with the Space Force? Uh, what What are your thoughts regarding the future of the U.S. Air Force?
2: I'll be honest, when when we were prepping and preparing and, and kind of setting up for this, I got this and I was like, whoo, that is that is a lot to unpack uh, because there, there is a lot going on. And so if you don't mind, I'd like to hit on a couple things. Um, I think first and foremost. The Space Force was a huge step in the right direction. Uh, the way we fought wars 50 years ago will not be the way we, we, we fight wars 10 years from now and we have to adapt and remain flexible. Uh, I think some of the, the biggest challenges we'll face as, as not only a force, but the DOD as a whole is, you know, there is a fine line between HR and human resources and, and war fighting, and we have to navigate that line. Um, we cannot make everyone happy. Nor, honestly, should we try we are a warfighting force and it's hard because we're there and you know, but when the next war or the next conflict kicks off and unfortunately it, it probably will at some point, we have to be prepared, we got to be prepared to do the nation's business, our freedom depends on it. So how do we balance, you know, budget budget constraints and warfighting capabilities with taking care of our most important weapon system, the human weapon system, our people right? That that is a fine line that we have to navigate. How do we recruit and retrain or uh, retain top level talent? You know, we're competing, we're competing with the civilian sector and, you know, everyone's tracking the great resignation. Everyone understands what's going on and the future of our air force will determine on how we, we adjust to that, uh, how we, how we account for this, how we, uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Richard Branson, I will train you so well that you can go anywhere and work. But I will treat you so well that you won't want to. Right. How, how do we get back to that? Uh, I also think that we need to just we need to start or continue developing the leaders that we're going to need in five or 10 years. So uh, I'm talking with with my airmen and my guardians a lot about leading in a in a VUCA environment, you know, volatile, complex uh, or, or uncertain, complex and ambiguous. right? And if our, our world, our society is that, and COVID has shown us that, right? That, that things are volatile, things are uncertain, they're complex. So we need to build leaders who can thrive in these, in these areas. Communication, self-awareness, negotiating, change management, emotional intelligence, critical thinking. You sprinkle this in with a little operational expertise, and you got as close as you're going to get to an absolutely perfect leader. That is who we need to be developing to lead some of these phenomenal airmen and guardians that are raising their right hands and joining our ranks because they are ready for it. They are ready to be led that way. And then lastly, I'll lead it up we need to get after some operational entrepreneurship, right? I don't like using the word innovation because that seems to be a buzzword that people hear and they automatically tune you out. So I'm not gonna say that word. We're gonna talk about some operational entrepreneurship. I want some folks that are willing to challenge the status quo. Just because it's it's policy or the way we've always done it, doesn't mean it's right. Again, we can't fight tomorrow's war with 10 years ago tactics. If something needs to change, we need to empower our young airmen and guardians to raise their hand and say, you know what, this needs to change, this is why. So we need to really start practicing some operational entrepreneurship. Those are just kind of three kind of overarching kind of big rocks, Uh, but I I will tell you this. Interacting with some of our our junior members, officer, enlisted, civilian, uh, doesn't matter. I could not be more comfortable with the future of our force. If you thought the first 75 was great, wait till you see the next 75 with some of the absolute sheer rock stars we have coming up through the ranks that are going to lead us into the in, into the next you know the next cycle of this
1: you know jason this should be a recruitment video because <laughs> <laughs> you you really touched on three big rocks but so important and very valuable you know the human capital component just like byron uh ash has sh- shown himself and has you proven yourself and passing the baton forward and the. Uh, operational uh, entrepreneurship that's amazing we love these acronyms we love what you're sharing doing some great things now you have done some great things and love to know your pearls of wisdom so share your leadership highlights those pearls of wisdom in your time while in the military
2: yeah so i think one of the things that we talk a lot about is we never need to lose sight on who we are actually leading Right, So I, 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 tell, I tell individuals this all the time, you lead human beings. We just happen to call them airmen and guardians, but they are human beings nonetheless, meaning they have fundamental needs. They need to feel valued, they need to feel listened to, they need to feel cared about. This doesn't mean that, that, that everything always has to work out, but they have to know that somebody is always in their corner. And the biggest thing with this is as we are as we are talking to them about this and showing them things about this, it can't just be our words. It has to be through our actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. When, you know, when your words and your actions don't align, I will always believe your actions. So we never need to forget who we are actually leading. Uh, I guess the second really big nugget is I I laugh and joke about this all the time, but it's, it's in all seriousness. I've never been the best at anything. Like, or, or the most of anything. I've never been the most gifted, most talented, most athletic, seriously, never the most. And if my wife was here, she would confirm my statement. <laughs> However, comma, what I realize is that hard work, effort, and persistence is what makes up for those shortcomings. You know, putting in the time to get better, leaning into your strengths while still working on your weaknesses. Those are the things that have helped me close the gap on some of my on some of my shortcomings and areas of improvement. So never never discount how important effort and persistence can be in becoming the best version of yourself as possible. And and lastly, I guess I'll say that you know one of the things that that I try to uh, incorporate when I'm when I'm speaking with others is that sometimes life's best moves can be closed doors, right? And what I mean by that is. There was a point in time, maybe a handful of years ago, when I was a very young master sergeant, that I wanted to become a senior master sergeant more than anything else. I was ready for it. I wanted to come out on that list. And then I got passed over. And then I got passed over again. And right before my third time, I had the unique opportunity to interview for the ALS commandant job, which was a master sergeant position. And as we talked about before, I got hired for it. I would have never been hired for that job had I made senior master sergeant when I thought I wanted to. So some of life's best moves are closed doors. We want every door to open, but maybe the door is closed because the opportunity just really isn't for us at that very moment. I am a firm believer that we end up exactly where we're supposed to be. So, yeah, it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to 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 be upset from time to times, but take a step back and realize that, you know what? Maybe I missed this opportunity because there's a better one out there waiting for me.
0: Absolutely. You must uh, keep that mindset of, hey, this may not be for me, but it's not the end end all to be all, right? And yes. a great great advice there now. You know, your trajectory, your legacy your career has been a dynamic, right? And there are some people that are thinking, hey, maybe Air Force is the way for me, maybe Space Force, or or they have these options. But for those uh, young men and women that are choosing military service now and are maybe entering and may hear your, your advice, what would you give them for those that are coming in now?
2: First and foremost, get out of your comfort zone. Get, like, get out of your comfort zone. It, it is, it's difficult for some. Uh, I, I, I tell folks all the time, like I am an introvert that just learned to be comfortable being extroverted. But this right here, I love talking to y'all, but this is going to wear me out, right? And it's just, so get out of your comfort zone. Take advantage of these opportunities. The coolest thing is as I have seen more, done more, and traveled more than probably 99% of the people that are still stuck in my hometown that I went to 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 high school with. Because I've taken advantage of the opportunities that the Air Force has presented me. Um, I've built some of the best relationships and friendships because I've taken taken advantage of these opportunities. Uh, Another lesson that I'd like to to, to pass on for, for those that are just joining is, is eventually all of us take this uniform off. It could be at four years, six years, 20 years or 30 years, but eventually it comes off. And we are going to look back over our careers and and view it through two lenses, respect or regret. You'll either be able to look at yourself in the mirror, respect the effort and the time and the selfless service and everything that you put into this. Or there's going to be some things that you regret. I should have gave more. I should have done more. I should have connected with this person differently. I should have taken advantage of this opportunity. You look at it through those two lenses. And the best part about it is, is we get to decide which lens we look at it through so as you are starting out your career make sure that you are making decisions and taking advantage of opportunities so that no matter when you take this uniform off you can look at yourself in the mirror and respect everything that you've gone through throughout this journey this chapter of your life Uh, lastly or not even lastly, i think i got two more if you if you don't mind I, i think one that i'd really like to highlight is we need to stop allowing the outside world, um, outside of ourselves, to determine what a successful career looks like. It is going to be different for everybody. A successful career for me could be completely different than what you view as a successful career. I know chief master sergeants, if I'm being completely honest with you, that are walking around that are miserable than almost anybody I've ever met in my life. I've also known tech sergeants that have retired at 20 years and they are the most fulfilled people Like you can't wipe the smile off of their face and success and fulfillment are different for everybody. Figure out what a successful career looks like for you and stop allowing the external world to dictate what that is. And then lastly, and the reason that because this just popped into my mind, um, and I think this is probably if I was going to hammer home something, it would be this since we're celebrating 75 years and we're celebrating how great this Air Force is, I need our airmen and our guardians to understand one thing. This uniform that we put on does not make you great. It doesn't. We don't put it on and flip a switch and automatically become great. This uniform is great because of the people that have worn it before us, our heroes, the people that we aspire to be, the the, the people that we look up that have, that have shown courage and, and everything that, that embodies who we are. This uniform is also, Great because of the people who are currently wearing it, right? The the people that show up every day, that 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 showcase that selfless service, that understand that they are working something that is that is bigger than themselves. So, if there was one statement that I could hammer home is that this uniform does not make you great. You make this uniform great.
1: And with that, people, 75 <laughs> years and Chief Master Sergeant Jason barnshaw what a wonderful time we had listening some great tips great advice your journey is incredible my brother we we give you the best uh salutations and and godspeed in your future journey after your eight nine months down the road as you take off that uniform and talk all about the respect versus the regret uh continue to respect yourself as he mentioned some great things but folks that are listening in and want to get a hold of you jason how do they go about doing so Uh, So there's really two two main ways. Uh, I'd like to say I'm I'm
2: educated on the social media, but not as much as I probably like to be or should be. Uh, But LinkedIn is probably the the best way. Uh, You can find me just Jason Barnshaw as spelled. Uh, I also dabble a little bit on the Facebook side of the house, but I use a pen name, uh, Linwood Gale. Uh, And I chose that pen name because it's actually my father and my mother's middle name. And it's one way that I like to pay homage to them uh, because I owe them a lot. So Linwood gale on 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 the Facebook side, but yes, Jason Barnshaw on the
0: LinkedIn side, outstanding. We'll have that as part of the show notes and videos so that you can get a hold of Jason uh before he pulls trucks, and maybe afterwards you might have uh some employment for him. Hey, you never know. I'm a free <laughs> agent that's right, that's right. Well, folks. Uh, if you want to get a hold of the Leadership Void podcast, the leadership void at gmail.com is where you'll send that correspondence. If you want any specific topic covered on the podcast or you want Vince and I to cover an issue, we'll look at that. We'll curate it and and debate whether it makes a, <laughs> it makes the list. But uh, be sure to uh, go ahead and send all correspondence there. I also want to remind you that we have radio check every 1st and 15th of the month, like a paycheck. Make it easy, folks, like a paycheck at 1900 Eastern, 7 p.m. for those civilian folks uh, that uh, will kind of join us. We have it live on LinkedIn, so it's a live LinkedIn show. Please join us. Uh, That is where we focus our energy on veterans, veteran veteran spouses, first responders, and open the airways so that you can have someone to speak to. Uh, As we are in September and celebrating uh, birthdays and things like that, don't forget Suicide Prevention Month 988. If you're in a crisis, please, three numbers, simple. Go ahead and and dial them if you need to. And be tuned next week when we have another dynamic leader doing great things for our community. Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Void podcast. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you are dealing with leadership issues, be sure to write us at theleadershipvoid at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share until next time.